All right, this should be good. Hello, North Star community. This is Scott. And this is Teresa. We are bringing you a message recap, yet another dialogue about a message. Yeah, but I feel like we need about 40 more people in your office because we had such a good conversation in both Saturday night and Sunday. I feel like we were the least talkative in the room. Yeah, probably so. So this is going to be a recap of a message that was more of a conversation than a message. So we're going to see how that goes. We're going to try to uh, draw out some of the highlights of that. And um, yeah, you can just hang with us and we'll see what happens. Yeah, good. So you started us as we almost always start with a question. Sometimes that question gets a lively discussion going and sometimes not. And this week it did. Yeah, most times, Saturday and yeah. Sunday, which was great. So what what was that question? I don't remember. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> um, I think I just asked people about their experiences with prayer, right? You did? I think that was the first question. Yes, and uh, it struck a nerve, obviously, yep. because it got, we spent almost the whole time uh, yep. talking about that question. And yeah. so uh, drawing on those responses, a lot of the responses were things that I would say I wouldn't consider incredibly surprising. True. Um, because I think that uh, the challenges with prayer are things that a lot of us share in common. Right. So, um, in drawing out kind of what happened this weekend, what do you think some of those common things are? What are the things that, that stood out to you in that conversation? What do you think are the most problematic aspects of, of prayer? Well, it seemed like we could all kind of unite on the fact that, excuse me, I can't talk, um, <clears throat> I'm not sure that it, it would go, fit under the category of problem, but certainly frustrating is that <clears throat> I think people worry about how they pray and if they pray correctly, and they get frustrated if they feel like their prayers aren't being answered. And um, maybe sometimes they wonder if it's their own fault. And they feel... Guilty that they don't pray enough, <clears throat> but then when they do pray, they feel like nothing's happening. Yep. So those are the kind of general responses we got. And we've talked to, we talked a couple weeks ago about some of the common distorted images of God that are out there. One of which would be a God who was too hands-on, who just orchestrated everything. Right. And I think that if you come out of a tradition that emphasizes that, then you struggle to believe that prayer is an effective or worthwhile even use of your time because God's going to do what God's going to do. And it just right. doesn't seem to matter uh, whether or not you pray because he's just predetermined how things are going to go. Right. And you can either be on board or not. And right. so I think it's very difficult to construct an image of prayer that works in that system. Yeah. Um. I know some of their common defenses to that, and I generally find them unsatisfying. Mm -hmm. um, now, the other end of the spectrum would be the God who's distant. I, right. I think that people tend to 
gravitate towards the poles on this one. I uh, I don't think that th- there is middle ground, but I I think it's much more common to end up at at one of the poles. He either finds you your parking place and you're blessed because he got you a close parking place, you know, during holiday shopping. Of course, yep. this was before cyber shopping, right? <clears throat> or he's so far away and inattentive that it. It just really doesn't matter one way or another if you pray. Right. I mean, so it's very easy. You know, you have those those either extremes, but you end up in the same place. Like, why would it matter? If he's way off in the distance and unconcerned about me because there's so much going on. And some people emphasize that, right? Like some people use the book of Job to say there's so much going on. You're so small. He's so big, which I think is... Uh, I think there are some elements of that that are worth drawing out. But overall, I think that emphasizing that too much is is a real problem. Yeah. Uh, because I think that, yes, you are small, and God still cares very deeply. Right. It's both and. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, the, the, I guess I can't remember what the heck I'm talking about now. But the point is you end up you can end up in the same place, whether you have the withdrawn God or the way over active puppet, puppeteer God. You can end up in the same place of feeling totally hopeless about uh, prayer. And then there's the ambivalent God who is uh, created in the image of Santa. How is that? So he gives you good stuff if you ask in the right way, with the right motives, um, hold your mouth right, you know, all that stuff. But. You can actually block him from answering your prayers by being naughty. And in that case, you get spiritual coal rather than candy in your stocking. Yes. I see. I would have associated the ambivalent God with the withdrawn God. And I would call that more like the narcissistic God. It's like you have to do everything in just the right way. And if the stars completely align, then you get what you want. But otherwise, you're kind of screwed. Yeah, I was thinking of the God who finds you parking places as like overly giving God, okay, this sounds terrible. I don't, I probably shouldn't say it, but like, is it possible to give God too much credit? I mean, I don't mean it to sound like that, but like at one, the, the one extreme where he finds your parking space for you. Yeah. It's magical thinking, God, right? Yeah, that's not, yes, I agree. I don't think what you're saying is a problem because I don't think it's about giving God too much credit. I think it's about giving yourself too much credit. Yeah. Like if you're so important to creation that God has to intervene into the world to create a spot for you to park your car so that you can get your package to FedEx on time, the way you view you is way out of control. Yeah. Like, I don't even think that's a God problem. I think that's a, I think that's a you problem. Yeah. I mean, but you hear people say it. Oh, yeah. You know, I was, I was in a hurry and God just gave me that spot right close to the building. Right. So there's all these confused messages, which I guess, um, I thought that what we were talking about, and I think other people sort of did too, um, was really good news because what I really love is the 11th step and what it has to say about prayer. Um, so for people who don't remember it, it goes something like this. We Should saw, we pull it up? Oh, no, I so think we I get know it, it just right? Okay. I think I know it. But if, if I say it wrong, people can write in and tell us. Mm-hmm. Um, Put it in the comments. 
Yeah. We sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, uh, praying only for the knowledge of his will and the power to carry it out. Yeah, the knowledge of his will for us. Yeah, there you go, his will for us. And um, I just I absolutely love it. I mean, it, it just... Um, for many years has kept me in my prayer lane, I think, in ways that um, nothing else quite has. Yep. Well, and I think that the way that you, um, before you got to the 11th step when you were doing your message, you had talked about the passage from Matthew about asking, seeking, and knocking. Right. Do you want to either read or recap that for us? Either way is good. Uh, yeah, let me read it because... Uh, <clears throat> again, it's open to so much misinterpretation, but if you read it, thinking about the 11th step, it's, it's really quite lovely, and it doesn't do too much or too little, mm-hmm. right? Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Yep. And, um, you know, that's not saying that every prayer we ask for gets answered. It doesn't say that at all. It, it says that uh, we will find and that doors will be open and that we will receive um, and that the door will be opened. Yep. And I love that. I just I love that so much. So tell me why, if it's if it says on the paper, ask and you will receive, tell me why you're thinking that that doesn't apply to everything. Well, because it then it then you'd have it would have to bear the weight of believing that you're a little narcissist and that God or a little princess or prince and that God fetches everything you ask for. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not I'm not down with that. I don't think that's right. Um but if if the if the way I'm praying is asking for the knowledge of his will and the power to carry it out, then this is a great confidence booster as a prayer. Because this is telling me that God's listening. Yep. And that there's going to be conscious contact. And um, so, yeah, I'm kind of excited about that. One of the things that, that I always find interesting is that we live in a really materialistic culture. Yeah. Even the, even the simple among us have incredible material possessions relative to... 95% of the rest of the world. And w- people, when we read these verses in our context, people always need it explained. Why does this mean that when I ask for stuff, why, why doesn't this apply to everything? When I ask for stuff, why don't I get it? I mean, that's right. one of the, I think that came up in some regards in both Night and Saturday night and Sunday Both morning. Both services, <clears throat> yeah. And um, it's the first place our mind goes. Why doesn't this apply to everything? 
And often we think about stuff, ask and you shall receive, and we think about stuff first. But the interesting thing about the passage to me is that it's framed in conversations about judgment, in conversations about how people treat each other. So uh, the passage that comes just before, um, it's talking about not to judge. Right. uh, Because if you do, then you're in danger of receiving judgment. Right. And it's followed by this passage where it talks about how God desires to give good gifts and says, therefore, you should treat people in the same way that you want people to treat you. And so this talk about asking and receiving is ultimately about both um, how we relate to other people and what we get out of it. Right. Uh, or or I, I don't mean get out of it in terms of like reward, but uh, uh, the compassion and mercy right. and, and that kind of thing. And the judgment uh, or, or <laughs> sorry, we've got some banging going on in the background. You're just going to have to forgive it. I can't edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you've got Linda, this, I think Lyndon's building a new room on the place. Yeah. Uh, so you've not got. A prop. On the one hand, you've got conversations about judgment and not giving or receiving judgment, and then you've got treating people fairly in the spirit of treating others as you would want to be treated. And so this conversation about asking and receiving and knocking, in my mind, and you can tell me what you think about it, um, is about acceptance and mercy and compassion as much as it is anything else. Well, one of my um, little notes that I wrote in this particular Bible many years ago, so I assume it came from Jim Pardue, he said about these two verses that we should not even consider them as a prayer, but more of a call to respond as God does to us, which makes perfect sense within the context, right? Yep. but we use this as if it's an expectation that prayer should um, achieve for us, which is why I chose it for that. <clears throat> yeah. Not because it was really a prayer set of verses, but because it was a, yet again an example of us putting too much weight on something and that it was never meant to bear in terms of asking scriptures to structure things for us. And in that, I feel like people are often needlessly disappointed or angry uh, in their perception of who God is and how he's relating to them. So let me give you my, if I were to rewrite, uh, I don't know what Eugene Peterson said the message, but if I were going to rewrite that section uh, and put it in the message translation, So I guess, let me back up. I think part of the problem is what you're saying is people have treated that verse as if it's a guide for all prayer. Right. And I think what that passage is saying is this is a particular kind of prayer. Ask for mercy and you will receive mercy and you will become the kind of person who can treat others with mercy. Yeah, I'm actually using the NIV translation here. I would be curious to see what Peterson had said in the message. So people can go look that up, and I would be curious to yeah. know that. Bob, go to BibleGateway.com. You can see a million translations. Yeah, and compare it and see. But, I mean, do you think that's you think that's 
uh, kind of fa- do you think that's fair and totally. in line with what what you were talking about this weekend? And I think if <clears throat> much narrower in focus, it's like here's one prayer that we need, and we need mercy. Right, and and like truth be told, it pretty much covers everything. You know, it certainly covers a lot because um, the need for for mercy, because I struggle so much to know and do God's good, pleasing, and perfect will. Right. And I struggle to have the power to carry it out. Yep. And uh, so is that not a cry for mercy? Uh, the other verse that I used was um, um, James 4, verse yep. 2, where it says you want something, but you don't get it. You kill and covet but you can't have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. And I think the thing that I talked about there was uh, how often um, my exposure to that scripture made it seem like it would be impossible to pray to God uh, because I could never have a pure motive. Um, so. And how do you, th- how do you look at it now? Well, Now I think about it in in the context of uh, of James as a whole, and he's just been talking about wisdom in the previous chapter, and so I think this is more about our need for the eleventh step rather than a requirement or a threshold that we need to hurdle so that we might um, be allowed into the presence of God. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to me, like when you read those two passages back to back, you see what echoes they are of each other. Yeah. Because in James, again, it's so easy for people to pick out you don't have because you don't ask and start thinking, where is X, Y, or Z? Right. But again... He's talking about people who are in open conflict with each other and they're unable to resolve it. Right. They're not people who are treating each other as they should be treated. Right. Right. Or at, or as you would want to be treated. Right. Try to stay away from the should word. Right. And so what you end up with here, again, is something that's so specific, but we've taken it and expanded it way beyond what it can, the, the amount of weight that it can bear itself. Because it's saying, look, guys... You can live in harmony with one another. <laughs> and if you ask, this is the kind of thing that God will give you. And well, so motives are yeah. coming into this like thing of conflict and these sort of whatever violent kinds of relationships are happening. And, and when we think about pure motives, it's like pure motives in this context is specifically two people learning how to treat each other as they would want to be treated. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> he even uses the adjective in the fourth verse, which I didn't get to um, last week because it would have just been too much. But he says, you adulterous people. 
And so I think that there uh, is such a a relationship. I mean, we often use the the metaphor of a waterfall, but there's there's such a relationship between this idea that um, how we are with others, how we are with God, these two things are not disconnected. Right. And um, so the sanctimonious piety, uh, which Jesus wasn't too keen on, um, this public prayer, but with private lives that are unjust and unloving, um, all of this stuff becomes very connected. Yeah. So, again, if if I'm if I am <clears throat> realizing several things from the eleventh step, that my conscious contact has a limit to it. And it's limited by my understanding of God. So when the 11th step says God as we understand him, that doesn't mean we get to, we get to decide who God is. It's like, no, your, your ability to recognize God in your life is correlated to your understanding of who God is. Right. And uh, so I love that. So it gives me a place of real humility uh, to live in the whole time that I'm seeking conscious contact with God, it should make me very alert to the fact that God could be, is um, with me, uh, around me, between us, that God's doing stuff. And I think that I, it, the 11th step helps me really be aware that I might be missing that a lot of the time. And so I just need to slow my roll in my certainty of what God should or shouldn't be doing. Yeah. One of the questions I think that has come up uh, certainly a number of times over the years, and it came up this weekend again, is people, uh, people really wrestle with, should I pray for specific outcomes or not? Right. And there is... Uh, depending on how hardcore you are about the 11th step, there's some debate here. Yeah. Uh, some people will say, we're only praying for knowledge of his will and the power to carry that out. Therefore, there's no room to pray for an outcome. And there's obviously other other views other than that one. But I didn't know if you wanted to speak to that a little bit as sure. you had this past weekend. Well, <clears throat> You know, as much as I love the 12 steps, they don't cover everything. Right. And I think that's a really important thing to remember. And in the context of the 12 steps, you know, we're getting right with God, getting right with ourselves, we're getting right with other people. We're acting on the fruit of that work of the 12 steps. Mm-hmm. So the 12 steps are really all about us in our relationship with God, ourselves, and other people. So I think intercessory prayer is really important. And, um, you know, I have several examples from over the years here at North Star Community of people that we pray boldly for, for healing or 
rescue or recovery or whatever uh, didn't turn out the way we would have wished it to. But the beauty of the 11th step, just like the beauty of the 4th, the 5th, the 6th, the 7th, and all the others in between, is they give us a framework for living with our disappointment in humility so that we aren't knocked off our pins when we just don't understand what's going on. Yeah. So uh, intercessory prayer is a really beautiful thing. One of the things that I think about is people approach the 12 step differently. Some people are always going through them mm-hmm. and repeating certain ones over and over again. And some people are only doing them for a certain time. And I would guess that that's more likely. I would guess... Option two. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say? I think so. So, I mean, the 11th step, it doesn't say in there, this is the only way that you pray forever. Right. It's, this is the way that you pray when you're doing the 11th step. Right. And that's an oak. And and I would say, do that over and over again. Don't, there's no reason to only do it for a week or a month or a year or however long you're doing the 11th step. It is something that's important to return to over time, but I think that it is something, uh, it's not claiming to be the only kind of prayer, but when you are working the, the 12 steps, this is the kind of prayer that you do when you're doing this step. And I think that keeps you focused, you know, because the 12 steps are all very focused. And, like, it helps you figure out, this is my work for this period of time. I'm on step two. My work right now is step two kind of stuff. When you're on step 11, this is the kind of stuff you're doing when you're on step 11. And that doesn't mean that you can't add other things in when you're not working that step. And maybe you do that step every single day. But the fifth, but you may, But even if you do it every single day, you may only be doing 15 minutes of the 11th step. Yeah. And when you're done with that 15 minutes, you got other stuff to do. Yeah, or two minutes. Yeah, however long. Well, and, you know, uh, a sponsor is also, if you're actively working the 12 steps with a sponsor, they're going to also give you suggestions for doing an exam every night, an exam in prayer, uh, to uh, regularly use the serenity prayer, right? So... Even the 12 steps have more prayers than this one. Right. But what I specifically love about the 11th step and would encourage people to keep pretty close to the forefront of their brain at all times is I think it serves as a nice check and balance to the distorted images of God that we often carry around that we're not even aware we have. And so I think that those... um, you know, it, it's like bumper guards when you're bowling, which I love to use. Um, I think it's just really helpful. Yeah. And I think it's helpful to um, set yourself up to make sure that you remember that on a regular basis, um, sort of as a check and balance, as I said earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you feel like we covered what you talked about this weekend? Uh, Not as well as the community covered it, but I mean, this is the best we can do. We tried to get everybody to cram in here around two mics, but no one wanted to. (laughs) We do have the live recap available through our app. Again, we don't 
we don't put that out uh, through the the channels like iTunes and Google or whatever because we don't we don't want that getting out to strangers necessarily. But um, you know, it is what it is. Nobody's really complained about it too much. So until somebody does, we I feel comfortable talking about it. Um, so I guess we're wrapping up. I think we are. If you got a you got a message this weekend, you're working on. I got a message this weekend I'm working on, but this will not be out before people hear about it. So so what about next weekend? Do you know what you're going to do next weekend? Thanksgiving weekend? I don't know. And this weekend we're going to be talking about compassion. Great. Um, and I guess the series that I'm kind of in is stuff we're bad at with our spirituality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bad to the bone spirituality. Oh, yeah. so bad. Um, yeah. So you know how we wrap up? No. I mean, well, we, have we to, talk about the music. Okay, so we start our services with appreciation. We're going to end our podcast with appreciation. Who do we appreciate? We appreciate the people that post all that cool music, and their name is something like... Man, you are not being appreciative enough if you can't remember their blue, name. Blue. Yep. Blue rhymes with what? Blue circle? Blue dot? <laughs> <laughs> You're making pictures. I don't get it. Blue dot sessions. Blue is who dot we appreciate. sessions. We're grateful for them and the music that is being produced that we can use royalty free. That means we don't pay for it. But what it does mean is that we show them our gratitude by giving voice to what they're doing on the podcast. I totally appreciate blue dot sessions. If you want to find them, do you know where to find them? I bet you go to blue dot sessions dot something or other. <laughs> no. Uh, if you want to find Blue Dot Sessions, you go to sessions.blue. If well, you, no, that's confusing, and I don't is. appreciate that at all. I know. It is confusing. That makes it hard to find. Sessions.blue is where you find them if you want to use their music in your own podcast. If you want to find us on the web, where do you find us? Northstarcommunity.com. Northstarcommunity.com. Um, it's you probably, can find us on Facebook, too. Yep, you can also find us on Facebook. Um, and on our website, we have an announcements section. Uh, we have events, we have sign-up sheets, everything, a calendar, uh, a list of our weekly meetings, everything that you would need to know in order to get and stay connected with us. So uh, check out that website. Um, and the website is, uh, well, you know what? I'm not going to say who does the website because they don't sponsor the show. Yeah, and I mean, too much gratitude and you don't have anything that yeah, we're bad I'm, at. We pay know? them, and then I maintain it myself. So I should just say I'm grateful for yourself me <laughs> <laughs> i'm grateful for you all right thanks everybody thank you for listening and we hope to see you soon bye bye